If you think about the Christmas story, it's not how we would have wrote it. It's not how we would have written it at all. It's not how we would have put it together. If you think about all the things as far as scripting it and, and how it should come together, here's an idea. Let's take a, a newly engaged couple and we're going to have them tell people in their town that she's pregnant with the savior of the world, yet they're not married. And they got to believe that she's a virgin. But then also at the same time, they're going to be traveling to the specific place. And then another big part of the story is, again, these these three wise men are going to follow a star and then it's going to miraculously lead them to this really abstract place. And then at the same time, you would think, okay, it's going to be really well celebrated and everyone of their time is going to be so excited that it's happening. And so certainly the government is going to support the arrival of the, the son of God. And they're going to no, actually the government was very anti the arrival of of this, the whole story, the whole scenario makes no sense. I mean, if it's me putting the story together, I picture it a lot more like Aladdin's arrival when he's trying to impress Princess Jasmine. You guys remember the story? Okay, if you don't, I'm going to take my time to tell you it anyway because we're Disney people. But you remember the scene where Aladdin, he's coming to impress Princess Jasmine, and it's this whole fanfare. There's camels and there's people, and it's Prince Ali, fabulous, he, Ali. You know that? Strongest 10 regular men. You know that one? No, you know? I'm going to keep going just because I'm having fun. You know, like you're thinking it's this big, big, like arrival of Jesus, the son of God. No, no, it's not that at all. That's not how we would have pictured it to be written. It's a very crazy situation. And I think a few of us, I could say in this room, oh, there's probably a few of us in this room that your life is not going the way that you would have written it. Your life right now is a scenario that you wouldn't have scripted it to be the way that it is. Now, I would have maybe said a few people, but the reality is probably all of us in this room are looking at your life, whether it be 2020, 2021, or even into 2022 in just a few days, you would be sitting here going like, yeah, I wouldn't have written it like this. I wouldn't have put my life together like this. It makes no sense. If you think about the fact that we still are facing COVID and the pandemic and all of the drama that surrounds that. We're still, we wouldn't have written it to be living in this hour where we all have to face these different circumstances. Uh, I just read that uh, they're saying that potentially in Michigan, our kids in schools might face up to their 500th day of mask wearing in public schools. We're on the trajectory of 500 days in school with masks between all the years combined, which is frustrating because psychologically they say one of the highest and most uh, affirming and loving interactions that you can do as a human is to smile at one another. The only thing above that is actually laughing with one another. And here we've put a mask over that and we don't get to have in the formidable years of these young kids' lives, we don't get to experience that together. I'm not trying to be political there. I'm just saying it's not something we would write right into our stories of our kids' upbringing. Are you with me? Maybe for you this year, you're still dealing with the pain of a divorce that you're walking through at Christmas. Maybe for you, it's a loss of somebody at Christmas. You're walking through. You wouldn't have written it to be this way, but this is where it is. And you're saying, this doesn't make any sense. How, how am I here? How am I... But Mary gives us some pretty great truths that we can look at. What do we do with our life when our life doesn't make sense? When our scenarios wouldn't be the way that we wrote them, but God is in it. Here's what's crazy for me with Mary. We're going to read it in the book of Luke. The scripture says about Mary's life, we'll read it here in just a second, that she found favor with God, and yet her world got totally flipped upside down. Let's just read it. Luke chapter 1, verse 26. Go ahead and turn there. 
And uh, I'm going to have you highlight a few things in your Bible, whether you do that digitally or in paper. Uh, that's all up to you. But, but let's turn there and have some of these things marked. Uh, verse 26, it says this, In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, circle this part in your Bible, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Now, we would think at that point that Mary's going, This is fantastic. An angel has come to me and is greeting me. But in verse 29, Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son and you are to call him Jesus. Verse 32, he will be great and he will be called the son of the most high. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David. He will reign over Jacob's descendants forever and his kingdom will never end. Mary's response, how shall this be? Since I am a virgin, verse 35, the angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the most high will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Verse 36, even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she who was said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month. Verse 37, circle this as well. For no word from God will ever fail. It's a good place to say amen, church. For no word from God will ever fail. Verse 38, I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. And the angel left her. One translation says that Mary said, be it unto me according to your word. Her response in a story that makes no sense is, be it unto me according to your word. I trust your word. Here she's going along. Think about the excitement, right? She's newly engaged. She's a whole bunch of, you know, things probably planning. You know how engagement is. They're, they're probably planning all the things and where to have it and do all this stuff. And then the angel comes and says, you have found favor with the Lord and God is with you. And the result of that is her life gets totally tipped. And many of us have that same thing. We've, we've been walking and we've been going with God and trusting God and listening to God and being what God's called us to do. And all of a sudden God comes in and just shakes everything up on us. We go, God, this doesn't make any sense. So how do we respond to it? But before we look at Mary's response, I want to say there's typically a few reasons why our life ends up not making sense. The first one is this. Life just doesn't make sense. Write that down. In times of your life where you're, where you're struggling with things, and you go, man, what's going on here? Sometimes life just doesn't make sense. We live in a fallen world, and circumstances seem to collide at times that just don't make any sense. But another big reason that I see why life doesn't make sense is actually this. It's that we don't make sense. Turn to your neighbor and say, you don't make sense. I'm just kidding. Don't do that. That's terrible. So I'm going to say, no, no, no. You're saying that with too much emphasis. Don't, don't say that with that much emphasis. But the reality is a lot of people, we love to blame our circumstances on, well, this happens and that happens. But most of the time we happen. Yeah. We're the reason that our life is a mess. We're the reason that things don't make sense. We're a reason that the story isn't going so good for us. Uh, I thought about it like this. You said, oh, I'm never going to date him. I'll never take him back. I'm done with it. And then here you are with him again. 
So life doesn't make sense because you allowed him back into your life. Are you with me? Or some of you said, you know what? This year is going to be different. I'm going to get things in God's order and I'm going to put God first in my money and I'm going to be a good steward of all my things and I'm going to make sure that my finances make sense according to God's word. But all of a sudden, five restaurants here in town all know your name and your order because you eat out every single day and you can't figure out why you don't have any money saved. Are you with me? You say, I, it's, you don't make sense. <laughs> It's that you don't make sense when it comes to that. Many of you say, oh, this year I'm going to spend consistent time with God. I'm going to put God first and and I'm going to make sure I'm going to seek him first every day so that he opens the windows. I'm going to put God first. I'm going to do this. But the results of that are we actually see the results are you've been a little more consistent with Tiger King, too. (laughs) You've been a little more consistent with your squid games or whatever it's called. I'm not sure because I'm saved. You know more about the Dutton family ranch than you do the kingdom of God. Are you with me today? We've, we've got our priorities all mixed up. Maybe if you're like me, you've watched the Ohio State victory over Michigan about 50 more times than you should have in a year. I'm just running that thing back. I put it on in my sleep. Amen. We only get them every 20 years. No, I'm just kidding. But you said, oh, this is what we're going to do. This is what we're going to do. And, and, and part of the reason things aren't making sense is because you've made decisions that don't make sense. Are you with me? You're justifying your bad habits. You're making excuses for things that you know you need to surrender to God. And you're saying, well, I'm struggling. And I'm just here to say, no, you're abusing God's grace. And I'm here to tell you as your pastor, it's time to stop. It's time for us to get in a position where we, we stop abusing God's grace and God's sovereignty. And we start taking accountability for the things that we know we're doing that we need to stop doing. Why is this happening in my life? Why don't I see God's blessing? Why don't I see a breakthrough? Because you're making decisions and you're making excuses for things that you know you need to do better with. Can I get an amen today? And so that's one of the reasons. And then I think one of the third reasons that we, that, that things don't make sense, that our story doesn't make sense. And this is where it gets complicated is I think many times that walking with God doesn't make sense. I think our our journey of following God and and following him into all that we have, I think that there's seasons. We're walking with God doesn't make sense. But but why would God ask me to surrender this? Why would God ask me to do this? It doesn't make any sense. It's kind of back to what I was saying about Mary. She found favor with the Lord and God says, I'm with you. But now the result of that is nothing in your life is going to make sense. I I wrote it down like this. God's assignments at times don't make sense. I thought about David. He's a shepherd boy, right? He's, he's, he's a good steward of his shepherding. The scripture says he's doing great as a shepherd. He's handling things as he should. He's the least among his family, but God chose him to be the giant killer. God chose him to be in that position at that time to take down the, the giant. I thought about Moses. Here you have Moses who is walking in a desert. He's feeling defeated about himself and a burning bush shows up to him. Makes no sense and calls him to be the deliverer of God's people. Makes no sense. Also calls him into a time in that journey where he's, he's to drop his staff and see it turn into a serpent. Also, God tells him, hey, strike that rock and water's going to come from it. All of these crazy circumstances that don't make sense, sometimes walking with the Lord puts us in situations that don't make sense. Can I get an amen? I thought about Esther. God tells Esther, hey, go and prepare yourself. She goes on a fast. She prepares herself. She prays. She gets herself ready to go in and present herself to the king, the king who's called for a hit on her and all of her people. 
That doesn't make any sense because sometimes walking with the Lord doesn't make any sense. Noah, the scripture says Noah and his family is found righteous among all of the people. And the reward of his righteousness is that he gets called to assemble all the animals and build a boat. And for years, day after day, people are walking by. Hey, Noah, what are you doing? Well, God's found me righteous in the land. And so rain's coming. Say that again. Rain what? They hadn't seen rain. And he's looking like an idiot for year after year after year. It doesn't make sense. Doesn't make sense until God brings deliverance to him and his family. Are you with me today? A lot of times it doesn't make sense for us. And we've been talking about it as a staff kind of recently that there's, there's just so much going on. There's so much turbulence that we're all just kind of sitting here going like, what makes sense? I don't really know. I can't really figure it all out. But we got to trust that even when, when we don't understand it, God is in it. Can I get amen? So Mary and Joseph, it makes no sense. Think about Jesus, the Savior of the world, the Messiah, who's going who's gonna to heal us of all of our sins and provide a, a bridge for us to eternity, had to be crucified. A man without sin took on the sin of every man. It doesn't make any sense, but God's way sometimes doesn't make sense. I wrote it down like this, but God's methods always bring extraordinary results. Think about it in upcoming weeks. We're going to call you to prayer and fasting. We're going to call you for 21 days at the beginning of the year to step into a time of, of pushing things aside, extra sacrifices so that we might draw near to God at the beginning of the year. Now, it doesn't make any sense. You know, oh, here's what we're going to do. We're going to, for 21 days, we're going to push aside our butter burgers with cheese. <laughs> And God's going to show up supernaturally. It doesn't make any sense. But how many of you have experienced the power of that? We say, oh, I'm going to sacrifice this and I'm going to put this aside because it doesn't make sense. But God moves. Same thing with tithing. Many of you have said, oh, I'm in such a financial mess. I need to get out of this pit financially. I need to start doing things God's way. And so what do you choose to do? You then start to give away 10% of your income. It doesn't make any sense. But then how many of you know God does so much more and blesses you way beyond you could ask, think or imagine? Are you with me? Think about dating, young people, you're in here. The world's sleeping around anytime they want, any, with any person they want. And everybody says, it's fine, do what you want, you do you. And you're saying, no, no, the Bible has boundaries. Are you with me? And I'm going to hold myself to these boundaries and I'm going to keep this standard. It doesn't make any sense in the world that we live in, but then God blesses it. Can I get amen? Our story at many times don't, don't make sense with God, but with God in it, it brings extraordinary results. So let's take a look at this story. What do we do? When our story doesn't make sense. The first thing we need to know from Mary is this, is point number one. When your story is not making sense, you need to know this, that God is with you. The first thing the angel shows up on the scene and says to Mary is, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Many times the accuser of the brethren will come into your life and start whispering in your shoulder, Hey, your story is not making any sense. You must have got off the path. You must, have, you must have got out of favor with God. God must have left you. God must have abandoned you. Look at all the stuff that's not adding up for you. You must have done something that now, look at this, God's no longer with you. But the scripture promises us in Hebrews that God will never leave you or forsake you. It doesn't matter what doesn't make sense or how you're going to figure it out. Here's what you get to know that God is always with you. What did he show up on the scene and say at Christmas time? He's God. He's Emmanuel, which is what? God with you. God with us. He didn't come onto this earth to pluck us from everything we're going through. He came to join us in the middle of it. So just because your circumstances don't make sense doesn't mean that God's not with you. He's Emmanuel, the God who's with us. Can I get an amen today? 
God is with us. He's with us in all of this. He's with us in 2020 and 2021 and 2022. God is still among us in all of this. A lot of things might walk out on you. You got friends who walk out on you. You might have money that's walked out on you. Somebody's like, I've had that happen before. Money's walked out on you. Maybe you've had your health walk out on you. You've had a a business or, or your career has left you. God will never leave you. That's why the message of heaven was like, hey, Mary, I'm calling you into something. But here's what you need to know. I'm with you. Even when Jesus left earth, you guys know this. He's saying, hey, I'm going to ascend into heaven. Okay, I got to go be with my father. He said, but it's a good thing because I'm sending you the helper, the Holy Spirit. And this Holy Spirit's going to be with you. What? Always. Always. We're not alone in this. No matter how much it doesn't make sense, we have God with us. Number two is we choose to trust God's word. Verse 37, the angel says this. Uh, verse 37, for no word from God will ever fail. We have to be a people when our story doesn't make sense that we choose to trust God's word. We've got to be a people who say, you know what? It doesn't make any sense. I don't know how this is going to come together. These pieces don't seem to match, but I'm somebody who trusts and believes in God's word. One of the things that I think is hurting the body of Christ in America is the seesaw Christians. We get people that are so full of faith and we're so excited and we're way up on this side of the teeter-totter and we're so excited and we're going to storm hell and we're going to be, and then a little something happens and all of a sudden we fall all the way down to the, God has left me and I got anxiety and I'm walking through this and I can't do, and I'm not trying to discount anybody's feelings, but we're so quick to forget the power of God's word. The power of God's truth. Life and death is in the power of the tongue. We got to be speaking God's word over our life. There's life in it. Uh, I thought about this. We have people who do this. They say, they're missing. I can't see them. It's it's gone on a few weeks. and 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 I reach out and I say, hey, where you been? Miss you. Miss seeing your family. Miss seeing you guys. What you guys been up to? Oh, man, we're just really going through something hard right now. We just really got some struggles going on in our life. So we just we just haven't felt like coming to church and being around. I'm like. Haven't felt like coming to church. This is the place that when you're going through your struggles and your anxiety is high and your stress is building, this is the place that you come in and remind yourself of God's truth. Can I get an amen? amen. But we let that seesaw and the teeter totter goes all the way to the other side of like, oh, I'm in a distance and I'm going through a thing. And I, another thing is like people say, man, I, I just don't feel like I'm I'm making a difference in my life and it doesn't matter and and I don't know. Well, join the team. Get plugged in. No, I got too much going on in my life. There's just too much going up against me. No, join a team and get plugged into what God's doing so that you can be reminded of how God's kingdom is growing and expanding. And there's things outside of here bigger than yourself. Can I get him in? Get on that team and, and just remember that God's word is alive. People say this to me all the time. Oh, pastor, I, I hate to ask you this. I, I really hate to bother you. And, and it's not a big deal. And I, and I just, you know, I, I just was wondering, maybe if you could, if you got like a sliver of time, would you, would you pray for me? And I'm like, why are you apologizing, asking for prayer? It's our honor to be able to pray with you and stand with you. Are you with me? It's our honor to be able to come together and remind each other that God's word is true and that we can trust his word. And if he said he's going to start it, he's going to do it. Are you with me? Same thing with worship. Uh, I hate this word in church. And we say it all the time. And I say it too. We say uh, uh, worship. You know, we come in for worship. We got this opportunity to worship where we believe walls come down when we worship. Chains break when we worship. Uh, I just wasn't really feeling worship. Isn't really feeling it, or we say things like, I feel like God was saying this, I feel like that. We got to stop saying feeling. Yeah. 
We come into this place and we give God worship because, one, we're still alive. Can I get an amen? Which is a miracle in this hour we live in. But I wasn't really feeling worship. We got to get in a place where we remind ourselves God's word is true and worship helps us do that. Can I get amen? I wrote it down like this. Your level of peace will always be tied to your level of trust. Do you trust God's word is true? Do you trust that God is good? Do you trust that he has good plans for you? Do you trust that he's the author and the finisher of your faith? And so our peace will always be tied to the level of our trust. That's why Philippians 4, 6 says, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving. It says, present your requests to God. What is that? That's worship. It's what I was just saying. Don't be anxious about anything. Instead, tip the seesaw back over to prayer and thanksgiving and worship. What is it? Reminding ourselves that God's word is true. Can I get an amen today? And then what does it say happens? It says in verse 7, it says, And then the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Trusting God, write this down, trusting God is a choice, not a feeling. It's not a feeling, I I feel like I can trust him on this. No, choose to trust him on this. Well, I feel like, no, 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 you choose. You take God's word and you remind yourself that this is something that you can anchor yourself in and God will lead you through it. Amen. So that's what Mary said. That's what Mary did here. She said, I am the Lord's servant. May your word be fulfilled. And the angel left her. She said, be it unto me according to your word. She's saying, my life is submitted to what God says about me. What God has called me into, even though it doesn't make sense, I can trust it. The problem is we live in a world right now where everything is changing. We live in a world right now where it seems like nothing makes any sense. You have some people who say, this is the way. This is what we have to do. This is what we should follow. No, 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 no. This is what we should do. This is what we should follow. This is the way we should be doing it. So we have this whiplash. Which is it? Which is it? Then you have some people, no, we're right and they're wrong. They're the wrong one. No, we're the right ones. And, you're, and we spend all this time fighting each other over who's right and who's wrong. and who's, Did you share this? Did you see that? We're the right ones. You have some people who make promises and then they don't fulfill them. They're called politicians. But anyway, <laughs> we're going to do this. If we can do this, if we can all do our part, if we can do this, then this will be the result. And then it's not the result. And so we're all stuck in this thing of like, uh, what can I believe? What can I do? Uh, We were talking about it as a staff. There's almost this, we're like disoriented as like a nation and as humans. It's like, what do we go? Where do we do? What do we believe? What can we trust? What should we be doing? What's our thing? I don't know what to do. Maybe we just should do nothing. And there's this zombie-like mentality that's, that's trying to present itself on all people where we just kind of mosey through things. But God's called us to be a people who trust his word. And when the plan doesn't make sense, we trust anyway. Can I get an amen? So we, we just keep trusting. That's why Numbers 23, 19 says this. God is not human that he should lie. Not a human being that he should change his mind. Does he speak and then not act? Does he promise and not fulfill? I'm grateful that we have a God who keeps his word. I'm grateful that we serve a God who doesn't change his mind. I'm grateful that we have a God who's not sitting on the fence on things. Can I get an amen today? 
We have a Bible. We have a scripture. We have a holy truth that we can stake our lives on. You know, your Bible, when you're carrying that thing around, that's the most verified book in human history. Not only did everything in that Bible happen, the amazing thing about the Bible is that it's still happening. And we get to be a part of it. We get to trust its truth and be a part of that crazy story, even when it doesn't make sense. That's why Psalm 119 verse 105 says this, your word is a lamp unto my feet. We're trying to navigate through all of this. We're not sure what's going on, but we use God's word and his truth to light our way. We don't turn to self-help or our neighbor or our next kind of thing. Or No, no, we use God's word and we light our way. And you need to be careful about what you're saying. You got people who go through circumstances and they're quick to get on Facebook and make negative confessions over their life, negative confessions over their spouses and over their kids and over their career. My boss is this and my kids are that and my husband is this. And my, why would you speak such death over your life? You need to guard what you're saying. I don't care how intimidating things may look or how bad things may look. Life and death is in the power. Let's use this word to light our path out of this. Can I get an amen? I'm going to make t-shirts that say it's time to get lit, vertical church. <laughs> I just had that idea right now. Some of you are really happy about that. Now I just learned a lot about you. I'm writing that down right here, a few of you. Some of you don't know what it means, and I just learned a lot about you, you <laughs> angels, you perfect people. I'll close with this before I get in more trouble. But that's why we do Bible reading plans. That's why we do the year in a Bible, so that we can take that Bible. <laughs> I just ruined the whole point. And light our way. <laughs> that's out. <laughs> I can never preach that. i got to find a new message version that doesn't say that. Get lit. Hashtag vertical. Live vertical. But we do these Bible plans because they matter. We have to make sure we're not on that seesaw of instability and back and forth. We got to be like Mary who say, God, if you said it, I'm going with it. If you called me to it, even though it doesn't make any sense, I'm going to go with it. And I think it matters. And the Advent thing <clears throat> that the ladies are doing, that's not to entertain you. It's like, hey, let's, let's connect into this. Let's make sure we're reminding ourselves of these truths. The problem and kind of the point that I want to make in all of this is, the problem with, with any story that doesn't make sense or any season of our life that isn't making sense, the reason it's a hard season is because when your story's not making any sense, it's because it, what happens is it usually gives the feeling that things are out of control. Nobody likes to be out of control. Oh, this isn't making sense. And this isn't coming together the way that it is. So you start to get concerned. Ah, this feels out of control. This feels out of control. This feels out of control. Think about, again, Mary. She's over here, again, a virgin, engaged, right? In all the town, they're going to say all of these things. And she's like, wow, God's called me into this. But whoa, this feels really out of control. How am I going to answer that when they ask that? How am I going to do this when they do this? How many? I'm very out of control here. But she still said, God, I trust you at your word. Be it unto me. And I think about what we need to do in these situations where we feel very out of control. We need to remind ourselves that he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. The scripture says that God is the author and the finisher. That's the person who you can trust, who's been through something from the beginning to the end. Uh, I read it, or I put it down like this, Psalm 102, verse 25. It says, in the beginning, speaking of God, in the beginning, you laid the foundations of the earth and the heavens are the work of your hands. It says, they will perish, but you remain. They will all wear out like a garment, like clothing, 
you will change them and they will be discarded. Verse 27, but you remain the same and your years will never end. Verse 28, the children of your servants will live in your presence. Their descendants will be established before you. He's the author and the finisher. He's the beginning and the end. He remains the same. He doesn't change. What's funny is like us as humans, we actually lean into the thing that has the most, the longest track record. Businesses will actually do this. So you drive past the business van and it says, been in a business for 45 years plus. Why? Because we go, oh, I can, I can count on that. They've been doing this a long time. They've have you ever done anything with somebody and you go, hey, have you ever done this before? Oh, yeah, I've done this before a bunch of times. Okay, cool. I feel better. You're sitting in the dentist chair and the guy rolls up, puts the gloves on. He's like, all right, I see we got a root canal here. Yeah, have you ever done one of these before? No, we'll give it our best shot. You would be like, whoa. But when the guy says, oh, of course, I've been doing this for 30 years. You, you looked them up. Why? To make sure what? They're the best in the business. What, what does that mean? It means they've been through it. And your God, your Savior, your author and finisher has been through it all, and he's going to be through it all after we've gone through it all. We can trust him even when the story doesn't make sense. He says, I'm with you. I don't know why we got to walk through it. I get up here and I preach these sermons, and I I look into that camera, and, and 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 I see people's lives, and I wish I could take them out of their stories that don't make sense. Wish I could do it for you. But I also know that at the end of it all for you, if you keep trusting God and you keep trusting his word, you're going to be able to look back and go, ah, that's what that was about. They say when you get to heaven, the first sound you hear, and of course this isn't verified. (laughs) (laughs) The first sound you hear when you get to heaven is everybody going, oh, that's why I went through that. Are you with me? That's why, oh, okay, now I get it. Now I see. Here's the thing. We don't like being out of control, but here's what we know about God is God is never out of control. You need to remind yourself, God is always, some of you need to repeat always, God is always in control. Well, the story doesn't make sense. Well, it's fine because God is never out of control. He's always in control. So even though this world is crazy out of control, God is crazy in control. Can I get an amen? That's why Isaiah 55, 8 says this, his explanation of for how it all works. For my thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. I'm just telling you, and this sermon's hitting different than the first service did. I'm just telling you, there's tensions that we're all living in right now where we're saying there's change on the horizon in the body of Christ. And it's not going to be easy. We love to say persecution, you know, even American church hasn't even come close to sniffing persecution compared to other countries. But I'm telling you, we're going to get in positions as a church with public school and things that we're going to have to face with different things that are coming down the line where the church is really going to have to get in a position where they're saying, this isn't making any sense. I don't know how this is all going to work out, but I'm going to trust that, God, your ways are so much higher. You guys, your ways are so much better. Your thoughts are so much greater than mine that I'm going to just keep trusting you and keep trusting you and keep trusting you. 
because here's what I'm seeing as a pastor. People, and we're talking about this as a team, people are seeing all the things that are going on and they're sensing all the same things we're sensing. (laughs) My preaching content is on high quality today. Here's what you're all doing. You're doing that Homer Simpson meme. You're seeing it all coming and you're fading back into the topery. All of these things are coming and Christians are going like, I'm just going to back out of all of this. And we're not serving as much. We're not praying as much. We're not showing up as much. We're not evangelizing as much. We're not digging into the word as much. All these things are, and everybody's just shrinking back. No, you got to understand we got a God who's in control and he sees the whole thing. And he's a much better person to be leading our lives than we are. Can I get an amen today? God's ways aren't always sensible, but they're always beneficial. They're always the best way. They're always the best way. So keep leaning in. Don't step back. Don't hold back. Keep pressing into what God is saying. Because it may not make sense, but it's always the perfect thing. It's always beneficial. Amen? Why don't you bow your heads and close your eyes? I'm going to give you the opportunity if you're in here this morning. Your life, you might be saying, man, Pastor, my life hasn't been making sense. I, I just I feel like I'm in that mess. I feel like things are shaken up. And you're ready for hope in your life. You're ready for change. You're ready for solid footing. Um, the scripture gives us this thing called the sinner's prayer or the prayer of salvation. I believe the whole message of Christmas is so that Jesus could come and change your life. Not just in eternity, but even here now. So whether you're watching online or you're in person and you say, Pastor, I need some hope. I need some change. I'm going to read you this. The book of Romans tells us how to start a journey with God. Romans 10, 9 says, if you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. It says, for it is with your heart that you believe and are justified. It is with your mouth you profess your faith and are saved. Everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. I believe we live in an hour where we just need to know that we know that God's got us trusting in his word and knowing that he's with us. So if you're in here and you say, man, pastor, I want to pray that prayer. I want to make Jesus Lord of my life. I'm not going to do anything to embarrass you. I'm not going to have you come forward or raise your hand, but right where you are, like Romans says, if you pray with your mouth and believe it in your heart, I believe salvation is yours. So when nobody looking around or whether you're at home watching wherever you may be, however you may be, if you pray this prayer, you mean it in your heart and you say it with your mouth, I believe that salvation is yours. So together, let's all pray this. Say, God, today, I choose you as my Lord and Savior. Forgive me of my sins and help me to walk with you all the days of my life. I believe you sent your son Jesus and he died and rose again for me. Thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's all applaud them that prayed that prayer. Give it up, yeah. If you prayed that prayer, just so proud of you. And our prayer team has a gift they'd like to give you. Just down the hallway past the coffee bar is our prayer room. If you go back there and let them know that you prayed that prayer, they have a free book to give you. Just kind of helps you with some of your next steps of of walking with the Lord and what the scripture would say uh, about your life with him. And so we want to make sure that you get that. If you prayed that prayer and you're watching online, you can text that number there on your screen. Let us know that you prayed that prayer and we'll get that that book sent to you as well. Uh, But just want to encourage you in such a great decision. And um, that's what Christmas is about. So well done there. For the rest of us, I want to encourage you as it's Christmas week and you're heading into this and you're going to face scenarios that don't make sense and you wish they were different. Remember, God is with you and you can trust his word. Amen.